Please note, nothing in this podcast is or may be construed as medical advice of any kind. As explained in the medical disclaimer section of One Hit Away Foundation's website, which can be found at www.onehitaway.org, we are not doctors, therapists, or healthcare providers. We act only as a source of information that you may choose to use in seeking actual healthcare services from licensed healthcare providers. Enjoy the following One Hit Away podcast. Hello, this is Darren Sidibaka with One Hit Away Foundation, and welcome to the One Hit Away Foundation podcast series. This is first of many, and we are so excited to bring them to you with professionals that are in the business of just solely brain healing and taking advantage of the brain healing modalities around this country that are being developed and proven safe and effective for brain healing treatments. One Hit Away Foundation was initiated in 2014. And today, 2018, we are still the only nonprofit in the country, and for that matter, the world that is dedicated to brain healing and brain health with sports-related concussions. Um, we are very excited to talk with our guest today, Dr. Ron Demeray. And before I do that, I want to just share with the audience uh, a testimonial of one of our recipients of One Hit Away and a little bit about what they've gone through. And here it goes. When our son suffered a possible concussion playing high school football, we were overwhelmed with the abundant information but lack of personal guidance out there, and we couldn't find any. Fortunately, a close friend pointed out to us One Hit Away Foundation, and within hours, One Hit Away reached out to us, walked us through the local resources and specific steps we needed to take. With One Hit Away's help, we were meeting with a neurological chiropractor exploring hyperbaric oxygen chamber chamber benefits, and modifying our diet within 24 hours. A series of exams revealed a full-blown concussion with a significant impairment to our son's balance, visual, spatial skills, and concentration, in addition to that, yes, lingering headache. Without this resource, he would have likely been back on the field and practice within a couple of days, obvious to the real risk of a second hit to the head. We are very grateful for One Hit Away Foundation's personal, relevant, and practical guidance to us as parents of a very active athletic child. Thank you, One Hit Away, from Jeff. These are the types of testimonials we have the privilege of having after the tremendous village that we have of medical professionals and modalities for brain healing. And today, I'd like to introduce uh, to you uh, our 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 guest today, and uh, his his name is Dr. Ron Demeray. Welcome to the One Hit Away Foundation podcast series, Doctor. Thank you. Uh, in full disclosure, Dr. Ron Demeray has been a part of the advisory council of One Hit Away Foundation since 2014, and he is uh, one of the foremost chiropractic neurology professionals on the West Coast, and we're just pleased to be uh, here today with him. Uh, Dr. Ron uh, Demeray attended the University of um, Manitoba in Winnipeg, Canada. In 1989, he graduated cum laude from Life West Chiropractic College. Dr. Demeray continued his postdoctorate work in neuro- neurology under the teaching of Dr. Carrick, who is known internationally for his treatment of traumatic brain injuries, sports concussions, and movement disorders. Functional neurology through the Carrick Institute brings a difference of dimensions to all of your patients. Uh, Dr. Ron practices here in the Bay Area and out of South San Francisco in California specializes in the treatment of neurological and mus- muscular disorders. He works with all age groups. Um, so, let's get started. Um, Dr. Ryan, first of all, our audience always asks us, well, what's the difference between a 
chiropractic a doctor and a chiropractic neurologist? Well, there's a very a lot of similarities, but a chiropractic neurologist who's uh, gone through the program has uh, specialized in and put in uh, at least an additional 300 hours in postgraduate study in the application of neurology. It's uh, the you know it's it's an overall study of the nervous system. It's uh, we use all the same textbooks as uh, standard medical doctors do. Uh, it's just our application and how we apply the understanding of the nervous system to how the body works, how the joints actually stimulate the brain, how much influence those joints have on the brain, um, how the overall sensory nervous system can stimulate the brain in different uh, areas. We look at that on how to um, use that those modalities to stimulate and uh, rehabilitate the brain and the body. It's amazing. Uh, you know, sitting here today talking to you, the brain itself uses 15% of the body's blood. It's a three-pound organ that controls our body. 15% um, of the body's blood, 20% of the body's oxygen, and 25% of the body's caloric intake. By just doing that, I was amazed to know there's over 100 billion neurons in the brain, and they send messages at over speeds of 270 miles an hour. And you understand all that? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> you, absolutely. Yeah, you've got to be a speed car racer to figure out how to chase these neurons down and get them in the right order. We congratulate you on your work. Uh, thankfully, you were involved in the extended treatment, extended treatment for our son, Brett, uh, that uh, went, who was a collegiate football player in, in 2014. And uh, when he was um, uh, blending the brain healing modalities for five months uh, with chiropractic neurology, hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and nutrition. For, for someone like a patient that comes in like Brett with severe concussion symptoms, uh, what is your initial protocol and how long do you typically keep them in treatment? Well, our initial protocol is to do a full, complete history on the patient, to get all the, the facts with respect to the sports they've been playing, how many times they may have been hit, the severity of the hit, the mechanism of the hit, um, those are all critical to, to understand. On uh, many occasions, there's the trauma to the brain itself, but then there's also trauma to the spine. And some concussions look like uh, whiplash, and some whiplashes look like concussions. So we take into effect, we analyze the overall function of the entire body. So we start with the, at the top, look at the brain, and uh, go through the whole nervous system the motor functions, the sensory functions, see what's working, what's not, and uh, set up a protocol from there. Some people, you know, with pretty severe symptoms may respond, you know, very quickly, meaning three, five, six treatments. Other people, it may be three, four, five, six months. Again, depending on the pre-existing conditions, the, you know, uh, history of, uh, you know, playing multiple uh, high-contact sports, uh, nutritional factors, stress factors in their lives. There's just many different uh, components that make up uh, their their uh, their overall function. But the biggest thing is uh, the the chronicity and the history. So it, every every concussion can be different. Well, no we, concussion is the same. I've yeah. never seen you know one person come in with the exact same, same symptoms as yeah. as another person. They're so unique, it's just like a fingerprint. There's yeah. no two that are alike. Yeah. So we have to be able to try to analyze. We know what normal is, 
So we are pretty good at figuring out, you know, what abnormal is, which with respect to what a patient comes in with, what their what's their neurological function, how is it from one side to the other side, and uh, addressing it in those ways. So when you speak normal, people don't come in to see your expertise because they feel normal. What are the f- three to five or six different symptoms that stick out when you know that they've had a concussion or results of multiple subconcussions that you see right away that are, yeah, this is, this needs some work? Uh, the biggest, again, there's, everybody's different, but uh, big, three of the big ones are um, blurred vision, headaches, um, loss of memory, uh, severe fatigue, where they just can't seem to be able to rest enough, uh, light sensitivity, um, you know, and then chronic pain. Mm. And overall decrease in function, you got some athlete who wants to go back and, you know, to either hit a ball or catch a ball or hit a puck or stop mm-hmm. a puck or mm-hmm. different things like that, and they find that all of a sudden it's, it really scares them with respect to their ability to function or just, you know, not have this blurred vision, chronic pain, um, type syndrome. Now you say chronic pain, and from what I understand, the work that we've done together in this 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 topic, the brain has no pain receptors. So where is that pain coming from? Oh, that could be predominantly from the neck. It could be the blood vessels. It could be from chronic inflammation in the brain. Uh, there's a whole uh, matrix of what they call the microglia in the brain, which is basically the immune system for the brain. And uh, when the microglia is in, unique in that in a small concussion or one concussion that patients get over, sometimes um, it just flares up for a day or two or three and mm. then it calms down. Mm. But when you repeatedly stimulate that microglia, a lot of times what happens is it becomes uh, hypersensitive and you can't shut it off. Mm. And that's where we try to address it and with different modalities that we use, mm-hmm. identify it, that's where the hyperbaric oxygen comes in, mm-hmm. uh, the laser, mm-hmm. nutrition is a big, big factor. Great. So there's multiple uh, factors that come into play with that. And one of the things that I was amazed by with the work that we got involved with your expertise is that right away you identified that one side of the body was totally out of sync in terms of strength, reaction, and so forth when a person or a patient comes in with concussion symptoms. Why is that? Well, it all depends on which side of the brain was affected. Well, the whole brain can be affected in a case, similar cases like that. But uh, it just depends on uh, the uh, parts of the brain that are affected, the right side versus the left side, mm. the parts of the spine that are affected. Mm. Uh, those are these pretty uh, obvious uh, findings that we find. But um, a lot of times we use uh, computerized um, testing for the eye motion and movement, which it can really uh, bring out and show objectively those um, weaknesses in the brain. So it, those are, like I said, the if you have a weakness on one side of the body versus the other side of the body, um, those are pretty subtle or pretty obvious, but um, it, it just gives us an idea of what we're looking for and how to, which side of the brain to basically start to rehabilitate. It's fascinating. I was amazed when I went through it myself. Um, this is something that always gets in the way of people thinking about whether or not they're affected by concussions. Even though a player may not have a star bell rung kind of concussion, there is 
tremendous evidence about the danger of subconcussions. Can you take a moment and explain what subconcussions are versus the big concussion and why that's maybe even more damaging? Well, the subconcussions subconcussions can be uh, very subtle. Uh, people may not figure it out. They may there's just a, it's accumulation of multiple hits. It's accumulation of microtrauma to the brain. Um, it takes a lot to lose the function, perceive the loss of function, unless you have a baseline testing. Baseline mm -hmm. testing we use in multiple cases. It's mm -hmm. best if you're going to start to play a contact sport, you should have baseline testing. Mm -hmm. There's um, the King DeVix test, which is uh, basically an eye function test. Uh, we test players prior to ever getting hit, mm -hmm. hopefully. It just basically, it's reading uh, different numbers off a sheet of paper and we see how rapid uh, uh, the patient can, or the, the player can go through the numbers. That gives us a baseline. We do balance testing. We do, um, there's memory tests that you can do uh, just to establish a baseline for all different parts of the brain. There's visual testing. There's but you are a believer that subconcussions are so damaging also. Oh, absolutely. And, but the people are walking around. This is the thing that we always say, and we use this term a little loosely, but with tremendous meaning, it says, this is an invisible injury. Right. It's hidden and nobody can see it. The brain, the brain has no pain receptors. Wow. To have people like you kind of unfold this for them and get them rewired is so powerful. Um, what do you find is the most challenging element about treating patients with sports-related concussions or the damage of, of or the injuries, consequences of subconcussions? Well, with the subconcussion, a lot of players, especially males, they don't ever want to admit that they ever had one. Right. Or they'll shake it off or they don't want to be labeled as, uh, or they want, don't want to be taken out of the play. Right. They want to, or they just don't want to lose, you know, their status on the team or position on the team, that kind of stuff. So a lot of times they'll try not to, you know, even show it, but it's the big concussion that gets them and it just wakes them up and says, you know, when they can't go back and when they can't, uh, well, they physically just can't go back because they can't see the ball, they, you know, that's when it hits hard. But subconcussions are critical to screen for. When we were going through the work with collegiate athletes, a factoid came out with a middle linebacker in college, first practice, first game, goes through the season, last practice, last game, never had a major concussion, but that middle linebacker in, day, in that activity set had over 1,500 to 2,000 hits with his head during that season. There's a lot of subconcussions, right? Exactly, yeah. Wow, fascinating. All right, I gotta go to the next topic because this is always talked about in our world because of the, the, the growing population of athletes, which is wonderful. But So what is it about the brain's neurological development that reinforces the biological fact that it's not really fully developed to the age of 25? Well, what is this all about? Well, the brain, especially in males, I think females may, their brain develops around 22, 23. Males, the frontal, especially the frontal cortex, it takes, you know, until they're about 25 until it's fully developed. So hmm. the growth of the neurons, the uh, development of the myelin sheath, which is a covering around the brain and around the neurons that uh, produce the uh, conductivity of the, of the, uh, the nerves. Um, the frontal cortex is the executive uh, part of the brain, which its primary purpose, purpose is inhibition or uh, to, you know, um, basically you know, inhibit certain activities. Yeah. People who've had uh, concussions or de severe trauma to the frontal cortex of the brain, 
do things or say things that are not socially acceptable or, um, you know, just in the norm. So just like if you think of a a small child at two, three years old, they'll say things that uh, in public that uh, you might not want said. And just like an elderly person, they may resort, resort, revert back to like a child where they say things that aren't appropriate. And that's because the frontal cortex of the brain is not inhibiting or doing its function. So, so one thing we've we've talked about in line. With, thanks for explaining that. That's perfect, and it goes along with what we talk about. Is because when we want people to play sports if they choose to, but they should learn how to have a brain healthy and brain healing time when they play. So, integrate a chiropractic neurologist when they play. Integrate phenomenal nutrition so their brain can have. Uh, less impact potential, integrate hyperbaric oxygen therapy if available while you play. And therefore, you have an ability for your frontal cortex and these kinds of things to develop on target. I mean, it helps. Yes, absolutely. You don't want to traumatize the brain ever, right? but especially at a young age. Right. So tell me, we are are talking about sports-related concussions and sports-related brain injuries. Do do you see that when a person comes in that left untreated for years, these may lead to other neurological disorders that you found out? Yeah, the biggest one would be uh, memory loss. Mm-hmm. Uh, the temporal cortex can be affected dramatically, which is where your long-term, short-term memory, memory is. Uh, again, your uh, mood changes, um, um, impulse control type things, uh, those, those kind of functions can be uh, affected over a long period of time. We see people who get in car accidents, people, you know, spouses may tell, come in and say, yeah, he's, you know, totally moody now, or uh, he's doing things that he never did before, those kind of things, so. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because I, the I, reason I asked that is I've had a lot of pals of mine that we played college football in the past years ago, 30, 40 years ago, and they're starting to feel the effects of things and they, and they they don't know where to turn and they don't know where it was caused from. But I, but with neurological disorders are from untreated uh, brain injuries, potentially a lot of them. Absolutely, from okay. chronic uh, inflammatory yeah. responses in the brain. So. Wow. Um, you use a modality called cold laser treatment for specific brain healing cases. Tell our audience a little bit about that and what that does in your work and for the for the patient. The uh, cold laser is a uh, it's called a low level um, laser treatment. It's uh, a cold laser, meaning it doesn't produce any heat whatsoever. Uh, what it does is it, it penetrates the cells and it um, helps to stimulate cell growth, metabolism, cell regeneration. It has a really incredible um, anti-inflammatory response. Uh, the unit that we use has been FDA approved for multiple uh, issues with respect to inflammation, shoulder injuries, uh, brain injuries, uh, low back injuries, that kind of stuff. Uh, it helps to produce, uh, increase the production of nitric oxide, which is a hmm. big vasodilator, and helps to deliver oxygen to the cells. It helps to the cell to produce ATP, which is a fuel for the cell, um, all critical in brain function. As uh, you noted in, at the beginning, saying how much uh, the brain uses for oxygen throughout the body, how much uh, metabolism and glucose it uses in the body. And Doesn't mitochondria love ATP? I mean, isn't that what it yes, needs? Yes, so, well, the mitochondria is the production, exactly. whereas the ATP is produced. Got it. Fabulous. Yeah. Wow. Um, many in our audience see your work if they're familiar with it sometimes, because you do such great work in your field as a singular element of healing, 
you work with their triage of MDs and other professionals, right? Don't, don't you think that that's what a lot of your colleagues do too? Yes, I mean, it's critical. We have to use every resource available for the patient. Uh, our number one goal is to, to be able to help the patient get back to, get, get their brain function back. So whatever resources we have, we, we have to, you know, have a multimodal uh, approach to it. Um, MDs can, medical doctors provide great, uh, you know, hormonal work, uh, uh, blood testing, other mm-hmm. diagnostic testing that's pretty functional and critical for uh, helping that brain heal. Fabulous. All right, so we, we uh, since we're involved in sports-related concussions, is either female or male playing the sports, and tell us a little bit about your experience uh, about males and females. Which one's more prone, less prone of getting a concussion, and do they heal the same way or on the same target of healing in terms of a time frame? What's your experience? Well, it's, that's, it, again, it all depends on the severity of the impact. Males are going to be probably more... Uh, susceptible to getting, in, uh, to getting a concussion because of the sports that they play and how hard they play it, the size of their bodies and their aggressiveness versus the females. Females have a tendency to get uh, concussions also because of the part of the part of it's the size of their skull, the thickness of their skull, um, the muscle bulk around their bo- bodies, their torsos, their neck. Hmm. Uh, female hockey players are more likely to get um, concussions from collisions, more like rather than full on body contact, there's less body contact uh, per se in, in female hockey, but a lot of times they get it from uh, uh, being taken down and falling and uh, having a whiplash, oh. whiplash type of an incident. So they tend to be getting more whiplash in, or whiplash slash concussions in mm-hmm. hockey, um, although it's very prevalent in soccer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, repeated hits to the head with a ball. Again, that's like the sub-concussion right. type theory. Right. Um, males, again, just playing more aggressive, harder uh, sports, and uh, the testosterone, obviously, hmm. you know, going harder at it. Although yeah. some, I can't, I must say, there's some females who go just as hard. Sure, absolutely. Just as devoted to their sports. So, um, anybody, again, hits to the head, chronic hits to the head, chronic repeated stresses to the head, uh, it's... Both both uh, patients, male and female, are susceptible and need to be treated uh, uh, and prevent. You know, to help, need to be treated accordingly. Absolutely. Um, within the one hit away village, we use the terms a lot of vestibular and ocular rehabilitation quite a bit, and that's right down your alley. Um, this is a foreign word to many people in our audience. Can you take a moment to describe what vestibular and ocular? How important that is for the rehabilitation process. Well, the vestibular portion of the brain is the part of the brain that uh, basically maintains our balance. Hmm. Uh, it has a tremendous uh, neurological input into different parts of the brain, the cerebellum, the cortex, and is influenced by um, uh, joints in the spine, uh, the cerebellum again, and the cortex. So with trauma to that to the brain, a lot of times, especially the cerebellum, you're gonna get uh, misinformation that's transmitted to the rest of your body or the rest of your brain. So your perception of where you are in space hmm. may be compromised. As for, with respect to the ocular motion and ocular function, there the, the visual function has a tremendous amount of neurological input, meaning um, there's multiple parts of the brain that control your ocular function. So that's why screening for it or doing um, uh, 
baseline testing mm-hmm. with your visual mm-hmm. cortex or mm-hmm. the, or the visual part of your function visual function of your brain is a good baseline indicator of uh, whether you've suffered a trauma or not uh, the ocular motion has like I said multiple different parts of the brain that has is used to um, make it happen and that's why when you get trauma to the brain a lot of people complain of you know blurred vision mm-hmm. uh, dizziness mm-hmm. um, headaches um, light sensitive mm-hmm. light sensitivity uh, those kind of symptoms so we use those parts of the brain we determine what where the function has gone wrong and we use those parts of the brain to uh, prescribe and rehabilitate the brain appropriately to so just but it has to be done um, uh, on indi- on an individual basis sure. some people can do some of the exercises that we'll prescribe other people can't hmm. until they have you know the inflammation gone or oh, yeah. um, nutritional uh, uh, nutritional aspects uh, addressed uh, sure. so everybody's very individual with respect to that great explanation thank you so for those who get back to the full enjoyment of life after brain healing protocol and program what's your advice to keep them brain healthy uh, what are the three or five things that you when you see one of your recipients smile and say thank you for your treatments and you say make sure you do these three or four things what are they that's important for them to keep a brain healthy life uh, probably prevention. That's good. <laughs> that's like number that. one. Number one, <laughs> you know, no, let's not hit that coconut again. Yeah. Um, number two would be a proper rest and just being aware of what caused it, how it happened, uh, and what it took to rehabilitate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, nutrition's critical for brain health, but mm-hmm. for overall health, it has a huge uh, influence on our inflammatory response in our body. Um, proper rest. Rest is critical, also, and um, and then exercise. Yeah. The brain is the brain definitely strives on exercise. So once you're able to resume that, it, the thing is prevention, exercise, diet, rest. Perfect. And if they have a little uh, of a symptomatic uh, up upheaval, they'll come and see you again and try to get that rewired. Yeah. Um, you know, we are proud to be the only nonprofit in the country that's that's dedicated to this this brain healing of sports-related concussions, and we have so much work to do ahead of us. And, you know, this culture today is so good at recognizing concussions and sharing with different sports organizations how to minimize the concussions. And believe it or not, we're the only ones talking about how to heal these concussions so we don't have these later on in life tragedies that that the, the country has to read about of these wonderful gladiators and professionals who have enjoyed these games and sports. So we're doing doing a tremendous amount of work with professionals like you involved in our village. And we can't thank you enough for all the work that you've done for this invisible injury and get people's lives back. It's phenomenal. And thank yous go so far in many different ways. And we're so happy you're part of what we do. So thank you, Dr. Demaray. It's been a phenomenal discussion. Thank you. It was uh, great. Uh, hopefully, uh, if you have any other questions, we can address it another time. We'll do this again. Um, no, your expertise is great. Fascinating discussion. We're going to do this again, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, before I end, I want to share with our listeners two items. Number one is our website. It's uh, www.onehitaway.org, spelled out, onehitaway.org. And, and our motto at One Hit Away is, um, One Hit Away understands your brain can change your game. Thanks again. Have a great day.